Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. started a new series, Colin, this time having a look at the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. You made this point at the beginning of the week that Paul knew these people well. He'd established a church there. But in these opening verses of his letter, you've explained to us just how rich his language is, what grace means, what redemption means, what to be forgiven means, that we belong to God, so therefore we're called to live our lives for him, because, as you said yesterday, he has paid for our lives with the blood of his son. And I'm using this new um, version, the the Truth New Testament, because in this I've sought to bring out the meaning uh, of these verses because they are so packed full of dynamic truth that we can sort of read the words and not really get the sense of what Paul is saying. So we're picking it up in verses 7 and 8. And we saw at the end yesterday that in Christ we have been redeemed. With his own blood, he has made it possible for all our sins to be forgiven and so has purchased us with the price of his blood so that now we belong to him. And then Paul explains, All this is the result of the immense riches of God's grace, that he has lavished on us. Now, Paul, understandably, because he once persecuted the church, he speaks of the grace of God in lavish terms. He has a wonderful revelation of God's grace because he recognizes that he is only what he is by the grace of God, that if God had dealt with him as he deserved, he would have wiped him off the face of the earth. But then that is true for all of us. God has withheld his judgment And instead, he has revealed his mercy. And by his grace, he has put us into Christ and blessed us with all the immense riches of his grace. And then Paul says, he has given us wisdom to receive his grace and to understand the wonderful ways in which he has blessed us. So this is the wisdom of God, Paul says. Uh, Who are we to criticize God for the wisdom of his purposes, the ways in which he has chosen to work? I mean, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts greater than our thoughts. I mean, we, you know, we cannot compare ourselves. His thoughts are so much higher, his ways so much greater. Uh, and and uh, therefore, we have to bow before him, really, and, and, and say, well, this is the wisdom of God, and that in his wisdom, he has made it possible for us to receive his grace and to understand, Paul says, the wonderful ways in which he has blessed us. Now, it's very important to understand that through this passage, Paul is not talking about the blessings being in the future, but in the past. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in his heavenly kingdom. He has already blessed us in wonderful ways so that we are able to receive everything that is made available to us through his grace. 
In other words, we don't ask God to bless us, but by faith we take hold of all the blessings that he has already chosen to give us. That's why it's so important that we're men and women of the word of God, because it's through the word that we understand what our inheritance is, what it is that God has blessed us with, all the manifold ways, the many, many ways in which God wants to give to us. And as we see that he has already done that, then by faith we can take hold of what is already ours. The mistake many people make when they pray is they think they've got to get out of God something that they're not necessarily sure that he wants to give. Whereas if you get into the scriptures and you understand the importance of the the um, of the verbs of of, of uh, of um, the past, the present, and the future, what the tenses of verbs that are used, then you will see the blessings are in the past. The blessings have been given. The whole life of Christ has already been given us in Christ. Uh, and, and therefore, by faith, we can take hold of that which is already ours. We are co-heirs with Christ because God has already blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Really, when you realize that, it puts a whole different dimension on things, doesn't it? Well, it does. And this is why Jesus said that whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Now, when did you receive it? You received it when you were first put into Christ. He doesn't mean that, you know, when you're praying, try to believe that you have what you can't see that you have. I mean, there's a sense in which it means that, but but really, um, we 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 are to believe that we have the inheritance, we have the blessings of God's grace that He says we have. This is the revelation of the truth. This is the revelation of Scripture, and so people of faith know what their inheritance is, and in prayer they lay hold of that inheritance. And they say, well, it's mine because God has chosen to give it to me. Um, and if we ask God to give us something that is already given, then that's really unbelief because we don't believe he's already given it. Whereas if we believe the revelation of Scripture, we say, well, this is mine. Now, when you realize that, it gives you confidence when you pray. Because you know that there's, the answer to your prayer is not a great big question mark as to what is going to happen. You know that, well, this is the inheritance. This is what God has given me. This is the blessing that I have in Christ. So this is what I can now lay hold of by faith. And you see, it's because of this that Jesus said to the disciples, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer if you believe. If you believe what? if you believe that you have already received it, if you believe that it is your inheritance, if you believe that God is the God of grace, the God of mercy, who in his grace and mercy has given you every blessing in Christ. This is essentially what it means to be a person of faith and to live as a person of faith. Prayer is not a lottery as to what is going to happen prayer, we're told all the way through the New Testament that we're to have confidence before God when we pray and to know that we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And what is his command? His command is to believe and to love. 
And if we believe and if we love, then we've got every expectation that God will give us whatever we lay hold of in prayer. So if we have already been blessed, then it's quite wrong to ask God to bless us. Absolutely, um, except in the sense that you are taking hold of that blessing which you believe to be already yours. But if you're praying in such a way that you don't believe you have it, <laughs> you've missed the point. then that's, you've missed the point and you're not really praying with faith. So because you have chosen to bless me in Christ with every spiritual blessing, therefore, Father, I ask you now in the name of Jesus to release whatever it is. So I need into my life. Clearly, Paul understood this whole dynamic so clearly, and hence he could use such lavish language to describe it. Are you suggesting that most Christians, the vast majority of Christians, don't really understand what they have? Well, it's there, not only in Paul's teaching, it's there in what Jesus says, it's there in what John teaches, because I've just quoted John, it's there in what Peter te teaches in his epistle. So, uh, you know, we have several New Testament witnesses this same dynamic of faith. You see, Paul says that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Not he will. Peter says in his, his second letter, right, the first chapter, God has already given us every, every, everything we need for life and godliness. And in his, his first letter, he's talking about the inheritance that we have that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Nobody can take it from us. So we're living impoverished spiritual lives, really, aren't we, most of the time? If we don't live with this dynamic of faith, yes, we're missing out on God's best for us. It's just very exciting, isn't it? To, it is exciting. The truth is very, very exciting. God seems to be so generous, more than we ever imagined. Absolutely. So he has given us wisdom to receive his grace and to understand the wonderful ways in which he has blessed us. That's verse 8, see? The wonderful ways in which he has blessed us, not will bless us or intends to bless us or wants to bless us, but the wonderful ways in which he has blessed us. He has even made his will known to us. This is verse 9. Although this remains a mystery to others, it has been his good pleasure to reveal his purposes to those who now live in Christ. So what I'm talking about here is part of the purpose of God. It's his purpose for us to live in the good of everything that he has given us in Christ because he has taken hold of our lives and put us in Christ. So in verse 10, Paul says, his purposes will only be fully realized when time as we know it will have reached its climax. Then we shall see that God has brought everything in heaven and on earth together under the headship and authority of Christ. So you see, this is the great purpose. Now, why has God blessed us, those of us who are believers, those of us who live in Christ, because we're born again and have received the Holy Spirit? What is his part for us in this whole purpose? We are to be like the prophetic people that demonstrate Everything in our lives is under the authority of Christ, that he is Lord of all in our lives, and he will be seen to be the Lord in the whole of creation when he comes again. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 